0: Right, It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves, because that's what we do on Free Talk Live. That's why we called it, Free Talk Live. I'm going to give you a telephone number. I really wish you'd write this down, because, well, you know, it's not an 800 number, so we switched over from the old 800 number. and uh, This is a new 603-283-6160. It's a toll line, if people still used toll lines. I'm not entirely sure. It's Mark with you.
1: And nobody.
0: And Ian is uh, frantically calling Westwood One to see if he can get a connection here. He'll be back in a moment. Again, 603- 283-6160. And the article that I brought in for show prep this evening is from FEE, the Foundation for Economic Education. I do like them very much. It's called 10 Crazy Examples of Of unrelated waste and partisan kickbacks in the new COVID bill. Now, I suspect if you're like a lot of people, you're either uh, presuming the COVID bill is full of pork and has nothing to do with uh, COVID, or you believe uh, the COVID bill is extraordinarily important, and underlying all of those beliefs is I'd like as big a check as possible.
1: And you have a hard time tying your shoes. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can understand why people want checks from the government. The government, you know, is oh, constantly yeah, getting be, in our way. I would be delighted. I think we should. Uh, I think we should just kick everybody in America a check for a million dollars, just for nothing. <laughs> well.
0: I, I, and not As a crypto
1: the de- holder, I completely support that plan. <laughs> and um, not increase the debt by one penny uh, would be my, uh, oh, my sure. hope. Oh, sure. Increase the debt. Increase the debt. <laughs> Borrow it all. Borrow a trillion. Borrow 10000000000000 trillion. Doesn't matter. Just crash that dollar. <laughs> That's what seems to be happening to some
0: extent. So <laughs> um, I've been on a years-long uh, sort of... Uh, adventure trying to figure out the national debt and you know the, the debt backed dollar and all these sorts of things and I, I will say that um, while Milton Friedman was probably right that it doesn't matter the amount of debt, it does matter the amount of debt relative to the other central bank's debts. So if the United States government uh, in the form of the Federal Reserve is the best place to put safest place to, to loan money, you'll always get your money back. Then people will continue to do it. But, um, you know. And the money will continue to become more and more worthless. That's true. But all money is becoming worthless. The question is is, is your money not,
1: becoming. Not Bitcoin, not Bitcoin cash, not gold, not silver. Um, just fiat money, which is naturally worthless, is returning to its natural value.
0: I'm not sure that you can call.
1: Bitcoin BTC anything
0: but um, a virtual commodity at this point. Perhaps a virtual, you know, the the neo virtual bearer bond or something like that. I mean, I'd be willing to go. I'd for call that. it a
1: prepaid service. A prepaid service, okay. Uh, yeah. Defend that. Well, the reason is because what you actually spend Bitcoin on, the one transaction that's actually denominated in Bitcoin, is Bitcoin fees. So basically bitcoin provides the the service of maintaining a public ledger mm-hmm. and you pay for your use of that service in advance by buying bitcoin. Um well what
0: about the uh, transaction itself isn't that what you pay? The tra- um, transaction fee?
1: Well the thing is the the transaction fee is um, is the part of it, it's like, you know, you've bought a Bitcoin, which is a, uh, a, uh, gift certificate for a certain number of transactions or a certain amount of transactioning on the blockchain and you, uh, um, and you use those, bit, uh, those, uh, gift certificates to pay for actually doing transactions, it
0: seems pretty complicated. So, um one of the things I dislike is is the term bitcoin these days. Uh bitcoin is 10 million satoshis. A satoshi's sort of a thing, but a bitcoin is a quantity of things, you know, and I think we at some point okay. need to do away with this uh, terminology generally. Um but I don't know what else to call okay. them.
1: So Well, it's kind of like a dollar and a cent. It's just there's uh 100 million cents to their dollar. I think it's 10 million um, maybe uh i think it's 100 but i could be wrong i think it's 10 to the 8th
0: i looked at it and it was um and there were uh like a a satoshi was worth like there was like 20 satoshis per cent i mean we're getting pretty Mm -hmm. close to satoshi's being worth a cent at this point with bitcoin continuing to Mm -hmm. its um, meteoric rise
1: well to the extent that 20x is a is close um but you know, we've twenty X'd many times in the Bitcoin world, so it doesn't seem unreasonable.
0: Well the the cent is going down and the Satoshi is going up. At some point, presumably they will meet
1: if uh if these things are linear. Um Yeah. Although, you know, the big the big wild card there is when are people gonna figure out um that there are 8000 different cryptocurrencies out there and nearly all of them are better than bitcoin um <laughs> well
0: part of part of the better and good and all these sorts of things is name recognition i don't know i mean i try to remain agnostic on all of these i have a transaction hanging on the bitcoin uh ledger at this point that has been hanging for well over a week oh wow and it was because and i and what's your fee on that 6 bucks
1: Okay, and how big was the transaction? Large. Okay, so it's a very large transaction.
0: Yeah, it was a large transaction, and uh, it turns out you see the thing is is that I, I, a person who has used the Bitcoin ledger for some time, made a mistake, uh-huh. and um, that mistake was to believe that transactions cost about the same thing. This transaction should have been denominated at the time at perhaps something like. $60 instead of $6, and it probably would have gone $60. through.
1: $60? Yes. That's twice as much as a bank transfer.
0: Right. That's, now, that's does-
1: why I say BTC is not a good coin, yes. because there are two coins where you're going to pay over a dollar for a transaction fee, and that's Bitcoin and ETH. Every other coin will do it for a fraction of a penny, maybe a couple of pennies.
0: Right, I did. I did do the transaction later in Bitcoin Cash for a fraction of a penny, yes. um, and of course, the people that uh, would argue the, uh, the the point they would say that uh, well, that's because nobody uses uh, Bitcoin Cash when Bitcoin Cash has a much larger ledger, but that of course that increases decentralization. I don't know. It, the The yammering goes on, mm-hmm. and. I have yammered on uh the Bitcoin cash side of this uh for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'd say the one thing that uh bugs me about Bitcoin cash is is its uh depreciation in relative to Bitcoin uh since I've had it and purchased mm-hmm. it. And eh, it's not it's not a good feeling.
1: Well, if you bought it at the uh at the very start, then yeah, you've had some depreciation if you uh you know, the uh as I recall, I don't know what the current numbers are, but for a while uh Bitcoin cash was rising against Bitcoin, but uh there you was know, a time. you're up against a big hype machine. the big banks want you using b t c which is sabotaged so it can't compete with them, and the Federal Reserve wants you using b t c which is sabotaged, and Wall Street gamblers want you using b t c which has a futures market um Right,
0: so Bitcoin <laughs> BTC has a has some real advantages. Um, like when it was created, it was innovative, pseudonymous, fast, cheap, and a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, you basically can't do anything but major transactions with it. I mean, you know, if you paid mm-hmm. seventy six dollars, we just we'll use that as an example. Seventy six dollars as a for a transaction fee to buy a car that cost thirty thousand dollars, you probably would just call that, you know, not worth uh dickering over.
1: I would call it wasting seventy five dollars ninety nine and a half cents.
0: You could. Um <laughs> certainly. But I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't feel it in the transaction is what I'm trying to say. If you bought a house or a car, no problem. But if you're buying a hamburger then uh you're not gonna pay uh seventy six dollars for a five dollar hamburger. Uh true. Yeah, 17, well eighty one dollars for a five dollar hamburger. That's a ridiculous thing to do. So yes. um, it it is it seems to be ready made for banks because banks could hold a large amount of BTC and use what they call Lightning Network mm. to to allow to facilitate uh, you know transactions. Basically, BTC made a new banking system.
1: Um, yeah, whereas BCH on the other hand made a cheap and affordable banking system
0: true <laughs> the number 603-283-6160 we will get into the story about uh the spending the covid spending bill and all the waste that's in it 603-283-6160 free talk live
2: Talk Live, and we do have open phones here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 in the studio with you. You've got Ian,
3: nobody, and Mark. Of course, you can
2: take control of the airwaves here. You can bring up anything that you want. Uh, There's a lot of stuff in the news. Mark, you had a story last night that uh, we were going to get into tonight regarding the COVID bailout bill the latest one because there was what one last year and then there's going to be another one this year and of course we saw what happened to the price of bitcoin Mm, uh we're just talking about that a moment ago as a result and you know there's a strong sense i think with a lot of people that the rise in the bitcoin price somewhat has to do with the fact that the government was printing out a bunch of dollars in the last year and they're going to do a
1: lot more of that this year i suspect something like 20% of the dollars in existence were created in the last year.
2: I've heard that on the low end. I've heard other people citing above 30%, but either way if you just even if you go conservative and, and accept the 20% number, that's still a staggering number of dollars.
1: Yeah, but if you go conservative, you have to get
2: hit gay people. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. So you, Josh.
0: But the fact is that this is um, the sort of the most stunning problem with politics in America. There are a lot of Democrats out there that are economically conservative that see the point that uh, conservatives and Republicans make on economics. They just can't Mm. handle the fact— that um, Republicans won't shout down the people that hate their gay friends or their friends from different countries or their immigrant friends. So they need to go friends. libertarian. Agreed, uh, but I mean, yeah, that libertarianism needs to meet, meet a, a sort of a threshold of the network effect in order to, uh, to get there. I think that many people are libertarian – and I think more people are libertarian than ever before, but I don't think they're—they're not—they don't appear to be interested in voting libertarian. There was a really mm-hmm. great choice between—you had a choice between two crooked old perverts this last go around, and a uh, female doctor, uh, you know, PhD that they could have voted for. And these mm-hmm. people, seriously, more than have ever in history, voted for two crooked old perverts.
1: Well, each one of them was convinced sadly enough that one crooked old pervert was worse than the other crooked right. old pervert. Markedly worse. And, Not even um, yeah. like
0: you know like you know marginally wor- yeah. worse one of the uh, markedly worse. Yeah.
1: And I would say that And that's you know due mostly to having a media that's on the take, a media that is designed to prop up the two pa- the to the two-party system and the monsters that own it. How does the media benefit from the two-party system? Uh The media benefits by continuing to have their jobs and their licenses to operate because the media is owned by the same people who own the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Um, You know, Could be. and all of Wall Street and every other scam on earth. Well, they don't, they, um, they put the libertarians on the air now and then.
0: And when they do, um, A, they don't perform particularly well. I still go back to that uh, situation where Michael Badnarik in 2004 goes on CNN for his five minutes of uh, chit chat and his ties all, his like, hair stuck up and his ties all to the side. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, Man, how the heck did that happen?
1: Okay, but then again, if that's your biggest concern is, gee, this guy's going to... Uh, can I vote for a guy who wants to make all of my decisions one way or the other and his hair is perfect? Or do I want to vote for a guy who doesn't want to take my choices away from him, even though his hair is messed up? Well, if you choose the good hair, you're the problem.
0: Rich, um, Um, I think it's an unfair (laughs) characterization. Here's why you, are operating in a sphere where uh, you your IQ is you know super um, two standard deviations from the norm. Okay, and if you can't understand what it's like for people down there at the the mean or one click below the mean, then you're never going anywhere because what you're mm-hmm. saying is true, right? If 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 we're going to have a president, we shouldn't pick them based on their hair. But remember, for mm-hmm. f- for a reason. They wanted to have everybody to have a vote, and the reason is so that they can get they say continue to get their banal uh, liars and thieves through this process. So yes, Mm -hmm. people are going to vote based on the color of a suit or the uh, style of a hair of hair, and they're going to do a bunch of things because that's what humans do. If we don't have a system that's
1: designed for humans, we're aft. Well, easy system designed for humans is. Don't design the system because I wish it could be that (laughs) I do.
0: Um, but I don't know what else to do about it. I, mm. I, I, I'm i stuck in the same quandary as you are. Had I been able to vote, I mm-hmm. would have voted for Joe Jorgensen because um, Mike, although I... Oh, that's right. Although you're a foreigner I do, now. Yeah, I am a... Uh, I, foreigner. I'm, well, I'm not a foreigner. I'm a, uh, you're a foreigner. I live in a U.S. territory. Okay. But... <laughs> 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 I'm sure that doesn't seem any different to folks. Huh. So, um, like, you know, territories like Puerto Rico or U.S. Virgin Islands, these sorts of things. I call yeah. it U.S.
1: Marianas and or to, uh, any other U.S. state before it became a state. Yeah, that's true. They were all territories.
0: So, um, Except
1: the 13 originals,
3: of course.
0: Yeah. Vermont was part of either one or another state. So the 14th, I would say, okay. was not a territory. Was Vermont attached to New Hampshire or New York? or? Well, they were willing to shoot each other over that question. Really? New York believed it was part of New York and New Hampshire believed it was part of New Hampshire. But wow. Vermont thought it was worth burning people's houses down over uh, being their own state.
1: Well, you know, if somebody was debating over whether or not they owned me, I might, de- I might burn their house down, too. Um, <laughs> it's a way to solve a problem anyway well or at least you know incentivize people not to have that debate um Ian, <laughs> do you have this uh story on from fee oh what did you send it to me
0: yeah i wanted you to cover it i don't know where you
1: i don't know where you put it all right
0: well i've got so, it here i mean if you want to talk about something else but no unrelated waste and partisan kickbacks on the new covid bill president biden has proposed 1.9 Trillion in additional COVID 19 spending. Mm. He's. Pork, the other white meat. <laughs> he's asking Congress to authorize another round of checks, more expanded unemployment benefits, a $15 minimum
1: wage, and much, much more over the weekend. Okay, now a $15 minimum wage. One of these things is not like the other. So he wants to hand out money, but then he wants to destroy jobs. In the middle of a government-caused economic crisis.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, the I think it's the Government Accounting Office (GOA). Um, it's one. It's one of the government agencies, nonpartisan. It's just a mm. government agency. Well, uh, they're in favor of the government, but yes, nonpartisan. Yeah, they're partisan uh, in that way. The they have already released this and said that yes, there would be an immediate benefit to the uh, poor people that kept their jobs. But that over time, more and more people who are down between the $7 and the $15 minimum
1: mm-hmm. wage would lose their jobs. Because yeah. you got to ask yourself this, ladies if, and gentlemen. If you're starting a business, $15 minimum wage here – 15 cent minimum wage in con- in China, where are you going to open your business?
0: Well, if you are think about a burger shack in the poorest state Mississippi, is that right? Yeah. Um, in the poorest town, I don't know um, and just imagine that versus say New York City or Seattle. Yeah, it makes sense perhaps in New York City or Seattle to say, well the wages are at $19 um, we might as well just put in a minimum wage of 15 because it doesn't change anything. Whereas in Biloxi, Mississippi, on the other hand, I'm just picking a, a, you know, you can't run a business with a $15 minimum wage. So they are going to put people out. And you shouldn't be, this shouldn't be a national issue. The poorest people are going to be the ones
2: put out. They always are. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, we we're talking about the COVID bill, the latest bailout, the latest pork, as you described it. Nobody. There's mm-hmm.
0: also a $15 minimum wage, which is just a regulation. Basically. And they're throwing that in the same bill?
2: Yeah, it appears yeah. to be
0: all in the same thing.
2: Uh, I did hear a rumor. Now I didn't look at the the details of it. I heard a rumor that that like quietly in the same bill they're going to abolish the tipped employee minimum wage.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I wonder.
2: I don't
1: know if it's true, but that's just what I heard.
0: It wow. does seem like a a relic um, so of the past. Does
1: that mean no uh, no minimum wage for tipped employees? or At the
2: federal level, that's what it would mean, if that is a true statement. I saw it in just a headline. I didn't
1: take the time well, to look at the story. I wonder uh, if that would be an interesting model. What if you uh, ran your entire restaurant on, on tips? tips. Um, <laughs> that would be an interesting mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I,
0: I hate the tipping model, yeah. so I wouldn't want to do anything that uh, that that furthered it. But um, I can, you know, currently that well at at some point in the relatively recent past, tipping the minimum wage for tipping was like uh, for people who got tips was two dollars and nineteen cents yeah, or something,
2: three something, three twenty. It's really
0: low, $3.50 or something like and that. And mm-hmm. but th- if you're making a thousand dollars a night in tips, who cares? Indeed, um, and the. You know what they'll say is is that when I was uh, working as a server, they'd say that uh, your side work, so cutting up, um, say, lemons, or you know, restocking the cups, or whatever they give you, assign you to do, was what you got paid your uh, minimum wage for, and then you know, of course, your tips were for serving tables. And I don't know that that's exactly right. I think that that's intended to be this is the minimum you get in case business is slow. Uh, That's what a minimum wage would mean. I think the most uh, insightful fact I can make against minimum wage is Paul Krugman, who is uh, pretty well. Uh, why don't you give a quick uh,
1: definition of Krugman, uh, Rich? Krugman is an economic idiot who thinks that the uh, that we would actually be richer if we had a fake alien invasion and spent billions of dollars preparing for it. He, this this wow, stupidity did not, however, stop him from winning a Nobel Prize
2: and being regularly published in the, I believe, New York Times.
0: Yes. What Krugman said. So he's uh, he's liked by the leftists uh, quite generally. He uh, said that what I was I listened to him debate a uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head right now, but it was a uh, Heritage Foundation fellow. So a conservative and a liberal economist were debating, mm-hmm. and among other things, the minimum wage. Krugman said, "Yes, the minimum wage does cause low skill workers, i.e., young people, immigrants." these sorts of things, mm-hmm. to lose jobs to high-skill workers. Let me explain. Let's say the minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. I think that's what it was at some point or is that it was close to that. I think it's close to that now. $7. That's, 50 what, that's what it was. During the economic downturn from 2006 to 2008, when people were losing jobs, mm-hmm. you'd find people who were making $50,000 a year going to work at a, a, a fast food restaurant taking a job from somebody who would have been 15, 14, 15, 16, 17 and getting their first job and learning a skill. This is one of the reasons why the millennials are complaining is, is that they never got a good education on how to work a job. Hmm. I had a job starting at the age of 12 and worked at the same place from 12 to 18. I mm-hmm. learned more in my after-school job
1: than I did at school during the day. Of course. Well, you can still have an after-school job. It's just now you have to be able to earn enough to feed a family of four before you're allowed to have that job
0: right because they want a wage that uh, supports uh, you know it's, a living wage for a regular worker it's it's really insane right. the idea that you would immediately step in at a, at you know a regular worker wage krugman said well maybe we need a min- minimum wage based on age so instead of um you know instead of just saying hey this regulation's pointless let's further make more regulations mm-hmm. surrounding this regulation to make it better or whatever really honestly no amount of control is enough for these people Right th- that that would yeah. be You know, not good enough because some 14 year olds would be better than other 14 year olds and it would just keep on going on. And, uh, you know, what about Mm -hmm. the immigrants as they come in? I mean, you know, they're not going to be if if you don't have the command of the Mm -hmm. language that I do, you're not going to be able to compete with me in the
1: same way. I think that what we ought to do is set paul krugman's minimum wage to one trillion dollars a year and then we'll never hear from krugman again <laughs> right, if, if they did pass that then, then
0: uh new york times would let him go yes and he'd mm-hmm. never have a job because his minimum wage would have been set too high
1: okay. exactly and, and that will completely silence that ignorant the idea, Something I can't say. The, the idea that any
0: politician or any economist or anybody can determine what every one of the wages of the 325 million people in the United States or the 8 billion people on the planet, the idea that any one person can determine what those people should make at a minimum is absolutely ridiculous. And the That's only what communists pe- thought. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, and they failed like, time and time and time again, but you can't mm-hmm. tell a commie that. No. Nope. Um,
1: so the idea that but it uh, wasn't real communism. Right? It wasn't real communism. really communism if I'm in charge. You
0: know what's not real? Com- what's re- not real socialism? Democratic socialism. I mean, socialism has a definition. It means state ownership of the means of production. What Bernie Sanders proposes isn't socialism. It's a robust welfare state. Mm. Um, but Well, it's a massively destructive welfare state. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's not the definition of socialism. So yeah. people who are saying that things like Venezuela and the USSR aren't socialism don't understand what real socialism is. The mm. people who are saying things like Denmark and Sweden are socialism don't know the
1: definition of socialism. Mm-hmm. I mean, why yeah. do you have socialism to has to have the dictatorship of the proletariat? If it's not a dictatorship, it's not real socialism. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I don't know, just a kooky, kooky world.
0: I don't get it. Okay, so you had a story about the, was it five different highlights?
2: Is that
3: ten. Right? From
0: ten, ten. Ten highlights. Ten highlights from the bill. Or lowlights, however you want to look at it. Yeah, the Foundation for Economic Education. Number one, $1 billion for racial justice for farmers. In the $1.9 trillion coronavirus stimulus package being pushed by President Biden, that puts more than $1 billion towards socially disadvantaged farmers and related groups, including an equity commission, agricultural training, and other assistance to advance racial justice in farming. Now, if you're not doing well as a farmer today, how is this going to stimulate the economy by giving you money? You're clearly—I mean, farming is something that takes a f- at least a full year to get good at, mm-hmm. right? So so racial justice in farming, um, which just says to me that— Does that
2: just mean that uh, minority farmers will get a bunch of money and then yes. they'll basically be being like a lot of corporate farm welfare, be paid not to do
0: anything, essentially? Well, they'll probably be— They'll probably be expected to do something, mm-hmm. but they'll get extra money to, to you know to to prolong the mm-hmm. demise of their farm if they're not good at farming. Mm-hmm. If they are, there's they're probably expected
1: some... to vote democratic, that's what they do.
0: Yeah, this was this is a payoff to vote democratic. I see. This is what it, I mean, basically all it comes to. But down there aren't to.
1: that many
2: farmers, so it's not gonna be a whole lot of votes.
0: No, I this mean is, this there's seems more like... corporate welfare. To there's me. probably more farmers than there were ten years ago though. Really? Yeah, I think my guess is, at least in some states, people are starting farming. They're doing. There's sort of a mini back to the land movement, hmm. and so people are starting farming in order to do CSAs and deliver food to people individually. Anyway, I'm seeing a lot of farms start up. I don't know of any that are. Hmm. Uh, mine did. Mine failed. Mine's gone. Okay. Um, but it was never making money anyway. It was a hobby. Can you call it a farm mm-hmm. if you're only farming pigs or, you know, is this... I think they call it a pig farm. Okay. And we had... I thought they
1: called that a police station.
0: <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they had, uh, we had, you know, we had all kinds of vegetation and stuff. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we brought you food made on the farm and you ate it and yeah. you said it was good.
4: Sure. But sure. you've forgotten all about it because no. Your no, self- you had good tomatoes. prick. What? <laughs> no, you had good tomatoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were oh, so good. I mean, if you're going to grow one vegetable, piece of vegetation, grow tomatoes. But isn't it a fruit? The difference, it is a fruit. It is yeah, a fruit. Yeah. Is ketchup, a, uh, is ketchup on french fries a salad? Nope. It's got, uh, well, let's see, there's oil, vinegar, tomatoes, and potatoes. Is that not a salad? Don't think
2: so. Uh, you have to <laughs> have more than one vegetable for a salad, my friend, and there's not got a fruit. single vegetable in there. 603-283-6160. That's Vegetation. 603-283-6160. If you want to join us here, you can take control of the airwaves, and we got more of this list of Pork and such out of the COVID bill that they're talking about. They're not they haven't passed it yet, but give them time. Maybe by the time they pass it, it'll be three trillion. Free Talk Live, the number for you to join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Mark. Of course, you can bring up anything you want. And we do have this story that, Mark, you brought in tonight. The 10 crazy examples, according to the Foundation for Economic Education, of unrelated waste and partisan kickbacks in the new COVID bill. And they put quotes around COVID on that one. They're just slapping all kinds of stuff into this thing, which is what they did before, of course. Right. They're not saying Uh, the
0: COVID doesn't exist. They're saying that the bill appears to have little to nothing to do with COVID. Indeed. But like uh, the Patriot and, Act, just put, you know,
2: a word on it that people can identify with and
0: they'll pass it. And this is the thing that uh, frustrates me so much about sort of the mainstream media. The mainstream media says, oh, they called it a covid bill. OK, we'll report on the covid parts of the covid bill. Mm-hmm. They don't report on how little of the money spent has to do with covid. They just presume that the politicians know that. Which is ridiculous uh, that, you know, for instance, giving one billion dollars for racial justice to farmers is somehow going to
1: fix things. Well, you know, the media is owned by the the media is the entertainment wing of the military industrial complex. Indeed. Don't expect honesty from them. they're it, scum. So is it a joke that I'm supposed to believe that plants are racist? It's a joke that you're supposed to believe anything that the media says is ever
2: well i mean at least fox news was the one that reported apparently on number one on this list mark so it did get some sort of media coverage they cited fox news
0: on the uh, racial justice story number two 50 million for environmental justice grants the legislation allocates $50 million for environmental justice grants via the Environmental Protection Agency. The Republican Study Commission decried these grants as thinly veiled kickback because much of this money will end up going to the left wing to left wing political groups. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. there you go, little kickback.
2: Uh, did you want me to continue this list? I sure, know that go ahead. you were having some uh, some issues reading. Three, uh, one hundred and twelve million for California transit project in an expenditure with zero apparent connection to COVID nineteen. The new bill allocates one hundred and twelve million for the Bay Area Rapid Transit expansion or BART program. The money would largely go to a specific underground rail project in Silicon Valley, for which planning has been going on for several years, but it hasn't broken ground. Is that uh, Elon Musk's underground thing, or is that like something else? I don't think so but maybe it's related uh so 112 million Musk does take a lot of handouts yeah he yeah. does uh but then again a lot of corporations do i mean you you know these mm-hmm. these guys get punished on one hand and then on another hand they get a handout so i mean you, you can't really blame them for doing it i mean i think even you nobody have argued that if you can get money from the government as far as welfare is concerned why not get it and then mm-hmm.
1: use it against them oh yeah oh yeah and if you can defraud a bank do that too <laughs> <laughs> they'll do it to you yes absolutely <laughs> right a bank they have, still got forty thousand dollars they stole yep. from my church that's right if uh
0: if a bank ha- makes a mistake and they have to decide whether you'll pay for the mistake or they will pay for the mistake you will pay it's for you the every mistake. time let's mm. go to
2: joe in michigan unless
1: you burn their bank down then she- they'll pay for the mistake
5: joe you're on free talk live go ahead <laughs> Yeah, uh, bills like this are why people hate politicians. You know, the last COVID bill, they gave billions to, like, Pakistan to study gender and all this. this. I mean, it's—how long is this going to go on, man? You know, only a politician can talk about billions and trillions like it's no big deal. Um, Well, it is no big deal when
2: it's not your money. I mean, it's easy to spend (laughs) other people's money.
5: If you're not getting ready— I think man, I think we got a depression coming. I think these idiots are going to push this country into the hole. Oh yeah. And if you are not getting ready, get I ready. I think you're start uh, yeah, I
2: think you're right. I mean because we're just barely starting to see, I think some of the economic fallout from the government's restrictions they put in place in 2020. I mean, we just saw that here in New Hampshire uh, and in the New England region, there's a, a cinema chain, Cinemark or uh, sorry, Cinemagic, that is they're going out of business closing all their locations there goes the imax where's your magic now yeah it's gone (laughs) it's gone uh there was another story about a restaurant closing today they claim it wasn't due to covid but it kind of was because it was a restaurant here in Keene. it's been open for maybe like five years not not the longest run but you know not a bad one either uh she couldn't renew her lease with the city of Keene, which is the uh, the owner of the airport where the the restaurant's located because they wanted her to be open six days a week with double shifts and a lot of restaurateurs are just saying it is not worth it to do lunch at this point they're only open for the dinnertime uh crowd and it's not even a crowd anymore it's just you know whoever comes in to get takeout uh basically so you know why would she want to run a business hours that don't make any sense for her so she said well we, we can't renew the lease so that business is closed This is happening all over America.
5: It's getting, it's bad here too. It's all these, these, these these politicians, man, they don't care. They they just care about their power. You know, they never miss a paycheck, no matter how bad it gets. And I'm just telling people in the past, it was precious metals and stuff. Now everybody's going to cryptocurrencies because they're worried about the economy. And, you know, that's just like a sign. Get ready, get your, personal finances in order, get some food stocked up in case you, you know, you have to, you know, eat out of your, your stockpile for a few weeks. I mean, yep. it's, I think we're headed toward, it's going to be like our, our grandparents and our great grandparents and stuff of the great depression. You know, you're going to have to rely on yourself because you know, Big Brother ain't going to be there. Big Brother's just there to take your tax dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, since do, when but, could you
3: ever
2: rely on, on the government? I mean, these people will throw you to the wolves in the, in a heartbeat if, you know, you don't well, fill out the paperwork, right? Most
0: people are taught yeah. in school that it was the uh, spending by the government that— finally drug us out of the great depression that uh fdr and his programs made it possible for people to survive until world war ii which finally somehow got us out of the depression well interestingly enough there's
1: only been one depression in history that lasted 12 years and it was the great depression and the reason that it lasted 12 years is because roosevelt kept fooling with the economy and people were afraid to invest because they never knew what kind of hair-brained moronic scheme fdr would come up with next didn't he also jack their gold from them yeah he also jacked their gold now world war ii did save us from the great depression by distracting fdr from messing with the economy long enough for for it to recover from being quack doctored by him. well don't forget
0: that the uh, world war ii was the worst time in in american history uh, since the industrial revolution for americans but Post World War II, and this is really important, every one of our competitors was smoking rubble. And so, if you wanted to buy a washing machine, there was only one place that could make one in 1948, you know, uh, but like the rest of the Westinghouse. That was, that was it. And so, um, World War II did bring the United States out, but for very strange reasons. Not the reasons that they tell you in school. The government funded
5: yep. school, by the way. That was, uh, that's, you know, that Keynesian economics, you know, Hayek, Hayek was right that they weren't, you know, and, um, and we're going to, they never learned, they've never learned the lesson and we're going to repeat it. So.
2: Joe, thanks for calling tonight. Appreciate the warning. Uh, hopefully people will take it seriously. The number, if you want to join us, and thanks for the call, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You guys were talking about cryptocurrencies earlier. He mentioned it there. Of course, gold and silver, uh, precious metals have historically been very good. Against uh, to kind of like keep you up with inflation, hedge uh, against right. inflation there's not much
0: you can do about the government spending money they stupid, stupid things. I mean' you, you're, it's a treadmill to try to change what the government does. No, The
2: best thing you can do is advocate
0: for secession and prepare yourself for the end of the uh, the federal government. I'm not sure secession's going to happen until the federal government just collapses of its own weight, but whatever you mm-hmm. can uh, you know I, I get the uh, the goal. what you can do really do. Is you can protect your family in whatever ways you think are best. Now, if you if you think that's ammunition and freeze dried food, then by all means. But consider prepping for success too, which appears to be cryptocurrencies and silver and gold and things like this. I know Mm -hmm. we have them at my house, or not at my house, but
1: I would say the biggest part of prepping to keep your family safe. Is get some place where there are a lot of people around with the same sort of values that you have. Absolutely. Because if and when this turns into a shooting war and it's it seems like it has to to me, they are going to keep driving us into the dirt until we fight back. And when this turns into a shooting war, being surrounded by people who believe the same things you believe uh, may well be the difference between life and death for you and for your family.
0: I tend to think it won't be a shooting war. I will uh, will uh, agree with you that the nation is founded upon a revolution. But point out that when a revolution occurred in January of this year, a minor one. The, the that smallest, wasn't, a wasn't a revolution. That was a this bunch
1: one. of selfie-taking tourists.
0: The smallest, well, there's some people that climbed walls that had ropes and they were prepared and for then something. they took selfies i don't care what they did what i'm telling <laughs> you is, is they called them white supremacists afterwards they use the worst make the point in a moment here we'll continue uh, hour number two is on the way
2: you can bring up what you want this is free talk live
0: Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information, neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news. All on a slick and easy-to-use website. All put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com.
2: talk live it is free talk live and the phones as always are open for you if you want to join us our number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 we're kind of going through these uh 10 examples of some of the you know pork that you're going to find in the covid bill of course the whole thing is a giant giveaway bill to you know various different institutions and corporations and such. So this is just the worst of the worst. And we'll continue with that. But, Mark, you had something you were trying to explain regarding revolution... Well, what I was down. saying
0: was, is that a revolt occurred on January the 11th oh, here yeah. in the United States, of, and, of and somebody
2: called that right. You called that a revolution or something, or the caller did, or something.
0: I, I said the term revolution, but I mean, a revolution is a series of revolts, right? Um, so you know, the first revolt in a failed revolution. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Things happened, and they clearly were contrary to the government's plan. Well right? some would say
2: it was part of the I, government's plan because they mm. saw
0: like the police letting these people in. There may have been some police mm-hmm. that were complicit. I don't know. Um it doesn't that that part doesn't matter to me. I don't give a flip about that part. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, if those people broke in and burned that den of liars and thieves to now, the ground. Now if they burned it then I would that say, would say that would be revolution a revolutionary act. All and a they d-
1: fine yeah. revolution.
2: All they did was they took an unauthorized tour. Well, somebody stole was a podium and maybe they took some stuff. Okay, a thief is not a revolution. I gotcha. Okay,
0: but people go people go through museums and uh, places of interest all the time and steal things. Yeah, you are not having a revolution. I, I, fine, I yeah. don't. Again, yeah. one more time, I don't care. But what I do care about is is that when I go listen to NPR, and remember I used to be a donor, and mm-hmm. I start hearing things like white supremacy, and there was the, the first time the Confederate flag has ever entered the U.S. Capitol. They made this <laughs> all about people's color, and they've, they've, they're doing this over and over again. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, watch the news mm-hmm. in 2021 and find the toddlers, and by toddlers I mean people that say – Look there's a red car, there's a yellow car, there's a blue car, there's mm. a brown human, a black human yeah. and a white human. Well, they ignore That's it. what I mean. I yeah. mean this simplistic mouth breathing idiocy where we judge everything that everybody does and the the content of their character is judged completely on the color of their skin. Yeah,
2: I, mm. they ignore conveniently and I'm not a I'm not a Trump supporter, but I was at a couple of the Trump what they called Stop the Steal protests You'd go to the any protest. 2020 Yeah, I went to Black Lives uh. Matter I went to Stop the Steal. Um and Black Lives Matter was more fun. No doubt. But there were actually a couple of the a couple of the best speakers at one of the Stop the Steals I was at were two black guys. Uh and they, they didn't I don't know if they knew mm-hmm. each other. They spoke separately. And I put some highlights in my highlights video from what they had to say. And you know, they're the whole Trump supporting bandwagon was full of all kinds of colored uh pe- you know, colors of people.
1: Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, and it's uh but again, the the media drummed and drummed and drummed this idea that Trump was a racist mm-hmm. and anybody who supported him was a racist and without
2: ever playing any sort of proof that Trump was actually a racist. Whereas Joe Biden, within the first you know few weeks of him being uh, put into office and prior mm-hmm. to that, has made it crystal clear he's a racist. He doesn't he doesn't think that blacks and Hispanics. In any area of the country, because he said in rural and and urban areas uh, have the ability to use the internet.
0: Well, maybe blacks uh. and Hispanics in suburban areas can. <laughs> so this is, I would agree with you. I agree with you that uh, that the the whole orange Hitler thing is this contrived notion. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the the fact is is the Democratic Party hasn't stopped being racist. Now they're what they're doing proposing is is to disable black and brown people by giving them free things and ladies and gentlemen all you have to do is read about what welfare does and you'll figure it out as a matter of fact I'll make it easy for you why in government uh, natural preserves do they have up signs that say don't feed the bears. They'll say right underneath it. It makes them, uh, you know, makes them lazy, and they want to, you know, looking for handouts. They stop mm-hmm. their ability to, uh, you know, do their own work, which is foraging right. and these sorts of things. And they're, you know, hitting dumpsters and doing all that start, sort of thing. Well, the reason they don't want you to feed the bears is the same reason that you shouldn't have, give handouts to to people, in corporations, mm-hmm. and anybody. Let the market decide who makes it and who doesn't, and let charity determine how they're going to hand out the freebies. Good proposal. So let's get back in. Speaking of freebies, let's get back
2: into the COVID bill. Mark, you brought in the story from FEE, the Foundation for Economic Education. We're on number four of the list of some of the most egregious uh, of this bill, which the whole thing is egregious. But number four, $10 million for Native American language preservation. Slipped into the seemingly endless bill text as a $10 million appropriation to, quote, ensure the survival and continuing vitality of Native American languages during and after the public health emergency. Uh, number
0: five. Two- Hold up, wait. Um so Duolingo. Are you familiar with this app, Ian? There's lots of them out is there. Is it like Google Translate or something? It or something? is a language learning app as opposed oh, to a okay. language translation app. Hmm. Um, so duolingo makes a claim inside of it and I, I do it every day from thanks for all of you guys that follow me there. Is it paid? Uh, Paid app? I chose to give them some money when they cut their rate in uh, December for Mm. their sort of end of the year sale. Okay. But prior to that, I was doing the free thing for months. Cool. So Mm. I think I'm on day 157. They let you cheat. Um, Mm. Like you can miss a day and then somehow your days are just preserved. But Mm. whatever. That's beside the point. I'm learning Portuguese and Spanish on it. Okay. And what they say in it is, is that more people are learning Spanish in on duolingo that are learning spanish in school in all of the world wow it's amazing now i don't have the quote sitting here right here in front of me so you'll you'll forgive me if uh if i somehow get some of the facts of it wrong or whatever but that's a pretty cool thing is is that this app that you can use for free is current and that's just one of the apps there's Babbel, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, Mm -hmm. language learning apps i wasn't prepared for this so i don't have them all listed in front of me sorry if you make a language learning app and i'm not mentioning you um we have that, advertising for that. Yes, we have. You can you can get that and uh, send me an email at marketfreetalklive.com. Your language these language learning apps are teaching more people a foreign language than government school is. Right. So, at zero this, cost. This $50 million for or what is it? How much uh, how much uh, is it? 10 million 10 for million Native American language preservation. For Native American language preservation is a waste of money in so much as Duolingo is already teaching people Navajo. Mm.
3: Is if, it?
1: it is they have navajo they have navajo interesting i for spanish what's that? interesting i've used them for spanish yeah spanish comprendo un poco español solamente yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: same here <laughs> <laughs> so um but i mean you can get uh, well if an indian tribe wanted to get organized enough they could certainly work with duolingo to or some other app to you know let's in or something just
2: uh-huh.
0: to put this this sort of thing in place now navajos It's a large tribe, and, you know, a lot of people may want to – and, of course, they've got that whole – what is it? Uh, Code talkers. Code talkers. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you catching my slack
1: there. No problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The code talker, uh, you know, um, story that's behind them and all that stuff. Uh And that's really cool. But any anybody who speaks a native language, and there's all kinds of them out there. Um, you know, I was just the, the Irish and the Scottish are still trying to preserve theirs. By the way, um, Duolingo has Scottish Gaelic, not Irish Gaelic, huh. though. Um, so, you know, racists. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, Number
2: five on the list here, $200 million for museum and library services. And those, of course, are things that are for the most part closed right now. Under this bill, the Institute Mm -hmm. of Museum and Library Services would be allocated $200 million a year in taxpayer money. What is the Institute Would they
1: actually let us go to museums or libraries? Well,
2: this is going to be the Institute of Museum and Library Services, whatever that is. You ever heard of it? No. No, me neither. Yeah.
1: No. So but they two, do nothing.
0: Two hundred million. Well, I think that uh, at some point the librarians are going to have to go back to uh, to work in the same way they were before. I know they don't want to. They've got their whole union and their whole shtick. They, they, you know, they most of them are just like you know punching the clock until they retire and get that great government pension. I and know f- this because I've got an ex who's a librarian and number uh, six. I watch him. Uh, Seven hundred fifty million for
2: quote global health. One might expect the U.S. Congress's COVID-19 legislation to focus on, well, the U.S., but the new legislation allocates a whopping $750 million for the Centers for Disease Control to spend on global health problems and vaccination efforts
1: in other countries. Number seven, $750 well, million for... Sounds like they're trying to uh, reduce immigration by killing off the populations of other countries. Another
2: $750 million goes to Native American housing. So that's... It doesn't uh, have
0: anything to do with COVID. Did I'm their not houses
1: say- get sick?
2: <laughs> it's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And as long as you hold money in dollars, you're going to see your value go down. Guaranteed.
1: Who has to build more housing after an epidemic?
2: It's Free Talk Live. Hey, surprise, the government... They've loaded up another bill with a bunch of pork
1: for their buddies. Wow, the COVID bailout. You know, Heart if cheap. they took the same amount of money, they divided it by three hundred and twenty million, and they just gave that many dollars to every American, I would be a lot less offended by this bill.
0: I would and agree. That will never you. happen. Yeah, I would agree with you on that statement. That um, you know, like. At the very least, I can see waiting people who have waiting people who have small businesses a bit more or something like that because, I mean, they're getting see, hit I really don't, hard. Because
1: if you give people money, they'll spend that money at businesses and they'll go to those businesses that produce things that they need. In so cases, money will flow into businesses. In some cases. just a trickle up effect.
0: In some cases, those businesses will be uh, shut down by the government, and people won't be able to
1: spend money at them. Well, stop doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, There's less than 100 people in the hospital for COVID in in the entire state of New Hampshire. That's one out of every, what, 15,000 people? That's hardly anybody. Yeah,
2: There's 10 counties in New Hampshire, so
3: yeah
0: a lot of count them that's people. 15 people per county uh you yep. said 100 people so there would be 10. 10 10 10 people f- per county sorry i was thinking somehow it was, I don't we know. used to
1: have kingdoms run by kings and counties run by counts now we have countries
3: <laughs>
2: bitcoin.com that's where you go if you want to learn about cryptocurrency we talked about it briefly earlier uh that it's a good idea to consider doing something else with your dollars rather than just holding dollars because we know the government is going to keep printing more uh dollars out they're going to keep devaluing the existing supply by you know, essentially uh, diluting it. That's what inflation is all about. Eat them bitches. Uh, yep. Yeah. And you can do that uh, by learning about it first. That's what I would recommend. Go to Bitcoin.com, click on Get Started at the top of the page, and then you can link over to multiple videos. If you only have five minutes, you can watch the first one. You're good to go. It's, I think, three minutes or three and change long. Uh, So go check that out. So even
1: if you're slow, you can do that in five minutes. That's right.
2: Get started. You'll you'll be done before you know it. At Bitcoin.com. If you're not brand new, you can get the latest news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com. So let's just wrap up this list of 10 Extra porky things that are in the COVID pork bill. Uh, Number eight, the expansion of Obamacare subsidies. This list, by the way, provided by fee.org, F-E-E.org. House Democrats have long sought to expand Obamacare subsidies and eliminate caps that prohibit them from going to high-income individuals. Unable to find the votes to do so. We need
1: more welfare for rich people. Great.
2: Uh, Unable to find the votes to do so via the normal legislative process, they've simply slipped this partisan priority into their COVID relief legislation. Number nine, billions for public schools, whether they reopen or not. The behemoth legislation doles out $129 billion for K through 12 schools, ostensibly earmarked for helping them reopen, but it's actually just a handout for teachers' unions and public
1: schools. They get the well, money. This is important because. Public school teachers cannot prepare people for a lifetime of living on welfare if they don't know how to live on welfare themselves. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they get the money regardless of whether they're open or not, and much of it is allocated for spending in 2022 through 2028, which is long after, well, supposedly, the pandemic. And by the way, I've got a story about these crazy government school COVID situations. There's, I don't know if you guys saw the photo of the kids in the... Uh, in the music class
0: i don't think so
1: Uh, oh the guy with the sax condom yeah 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 yeah. oh wow well if you're having sax please wear Wear a a condom Uh, Um, We'll get get into that here in a
2: moment. (laughs) But finally, the last item on this list, uh, 10 countless pet projects for powerful lawmakers. There are too many in the bill to count, but one glaring example of the corruption and cronyism peppered throughout this bill comes courtesy of the $1.5 million it allocates for the Seaway International Bridge, which connects New York to Canada and is a priority for New York Senator Chuck Schumer, according to the Wall Street Journal.
0: Step back well, you know, when it's it's all about pork, the uh, the biggest yeah. pigs get the uh, the biggest uh, piece of the pie.
2: They could have had another hundred of these, I'm pork sure, pie. but they uh, they stopped at number ten. So here's the story out of the Wenatchee world. The photograph is it's one of those stunning. I can't believe it's gone this far. Kind of photos. I first saw these things. These little oh my
1: god tents. These it f- looks like they're in in uh, in a porta potty. These little human
2: tents. I first saw these things uh, outside of a Chick-fil-A where they had like a guy taking orders outside. Normally they have like an order taker outside of the the busiest Chick-fil-A's. That's just a normal thing that they they do. It's the only Uh, way they can do what they do. Yeah, they're incredible at at moving people through that business. But he was wearing one of these like neon green tents just around his whole body. He had, uh, you know, like his clipboard or whatever where he takes the orders or the little order pad. Outside the tent? Uh, I don't remember if he had hands outside of the tent or not, but he was wearing one of these things. And now they've got a high school band class or a music class of some sort in class, indoors, inside these tent things that are as large as a human. And they've got like their little, what do they call the music stands where they, they got the... The musical notes in front stands, of them podiums yes. stands, yeah uh they've got these little stands in front of them, and they've got their instruments in there and the, and there's one guy who's got like the saxophone, this massive uh is it a saxophone? that's actually
1: a sousaphone
2: sousaphone, thank you he's got a massive uh sousaphone that barely fits in there <laughs>
1: I mean it's how hilarious. is the sound gonna be from that also it's terrible. i mean is it is it like talking through a muzzle? Yeah. Is it, I, you know, I I never go and deal with anybody without making them repeat themselves ten times anymore these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're already somewhat deaf. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm deaf as a post most of the time, but you know, I I can read lips. Every single one of the
2: of these things is uh, these little te- human tents. I don't know what best what the best word is for these things. Uh, Torture COVID COVID chambers. Tor- yeah, I mean, it is. It's absolutely dehumanizing to these kids. Uh, they, they have numbers on them So like now they're numbered The kids are numbered They're in porta potty number There's, five They're separated by like six feet Most of them There's two of them that are only like You know, two feet apart but Maybe they're all related of them, Most of them are six feet away from one another their
1: suffering is intense. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: for
2: real. You can't see the. So here's the propaganda story from Wenatchee World. This is Washington State. You can't see them smiling beneath the masks, but students at Wenatchee Eastmont
1: High Schools are glad to be back in school. Even if oh, sure they are. Right? They've got to be freaking delighted to be in their little human cages even if it's i bet only... some
2: of them are at this point i mean as long as they've been away even if it's only part-time eastmont high students have been back since january 25th and the uh, wenatchee high students since the 26th on a different hybrid schedule It's amazing the level of energy in the building, having adults interacting with kids, but also the conversations of adults to adults, said Wenatchee Principal Eric Anderson. You get kids back in the building, you get a lot of smiles, even with masks on. You can tell people are happy. God.
1: You think? And they
0: don't, don't even own it.
1: nothing yet.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm sure that some people are happy to be back. Look, okay, so um, yeah, I mean, if you're in prison, say. you're happy
1: to be right. out in the yard of the prison, right. but you're still in a prison yard. That's what Ross Ulbricht was saying on his Twitter yes.
2: account the other day. I don't know if you saw that. He I was, did. That's he was, kind
1: of what inspired yeah. that comment. He was
2: allowed out for like the first time in some long, long period of time, oh. and he relished it for yeah, as, as long Three as he, hours.
0: Yep. he was out.
2: Uh, 603-283-6160. That's This this story, you've got to see this photo. I'm putting it up on our social media here uh, at social.freetalklive.com. It is just shocking.
0: It's uh, as
1: bad as the plexiglass
0: desk cages. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your nation, state, or community no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where people agree that liberty is important and are free to pursue their projects so long as they respect the property of others? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. Their social media links are at the upper right of the page at FreePrivateCities.com. All skill levels will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities opens. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build. FreePrivateCities.com.
2: This is Free Talk Live. Our number is 603-283-6160.
1: That's
2: 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Mark. You guys were just talking about drugs off the air, and I actually have a story tonight that I mentioned I was going to talk about last night. We t- we brought up Carl Hart, uh, who's one of the doctors that's done some very interesting studies on why people get addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was involved in that study uh, some number of years ago, which in, which had uh, people who were, like, serious crack and meth addicts were given the opportunity to—they were in, like, a hospital study for, like, a three-week period, and they knew they were staying there for that three-week period. They were told that they could get, like, a really nice crack rock or some, you know, 100% or close to 100% pure meth or whatever, like, the best possible quality— uh, drug that they, they were addicted to they could either get that or they could collect 20 bucks at the end of the study and they were given this opportunity once a day for the three week period and it was interesting to see I think they were even given that opportunity a little more often it might have been more often but it was at least you know once a day and so these people were, you know, was the idea was to see at what dollar amount would people, because they were offered at like five bucks and they were less likely to take it when sure. they were offered there's a, 20.
0: There's a cost-benefit ratio uh, for mm-hmm. yeah, any, everything, and uh, if you gave people $100 not to do drugs for a day, some people would do it. If you gave some people $200- What if they
1: raised the minimum not drug-doing wage to a million dollars a day? Then some people yeah. would anybody do pay drugs? anybody not to do drugs? <laughs> No, they wouldn't. <laughs> In
2: this case, they were given the choice. You could either take the crack rock or you could take the $20 at the end of the study. And so the idea was to see, well, what are these people who are supposedly like hopeless drug addicts, right? Like they are addicted to crack. What would they do if they were given a different incentive? And it turned out that a lot of them decided to forego the crack rock and take the cash payment at the end. So I believe Carl
1: Hart was involved in that, and now he's got himself... Now, the question is, could they get crack cheaper on the outside? So were they just... um, How did the value of the rock they were passing up compare to the value that they could have bought with, compared to the rock that they could have bought with that twenty dollars when they
0: got Supposedly, out. Supposedly, this was the good crack. <laughs> well, the um,
2: idea was that they—it was very good crack that they could have been given. And the idea is they were addicts, so an addict you would expect would be like, "Give me the crack, yeah, right, yeah." Oh, there's crack. Give me the crack. Best crack ever. I'll take it.
0: It's got a, any it's more a to great that crack? question though. Is is that if you offer a crack addict, addict one rock today or two rocks tomorrow? <laughs> Or three rocks the next day. What will they pick? That's that. That's
1: kind of what this question was. Except they were using cash instead of more rocks. Uh, and so that's. Right. Uh, so my question was really, how would that reduce to more rocks? And and I say this as a as a former crackhead. Um, you know, I, I had a brief career as a crackhead.
2: So there's uh, <laughs> Carl Hart's been in the in the news here over the last few days uh, because he's got himself a book that he's written called Drug Use for Grownups. And I want to tell you a little bit more about that coming up here. But what first brought it to my attention is a headline, which is sort of a uh, you know a, a, a shocking sort of headline from the New York Post. Columbia Professor, I do heroin, heroin regularly for work-life balance. So it's kind of about yeah. uh,
0: I saw that me? article and I don't like it at
2: all. Carl Hart is a Columbia University professor of psychology and neuroscience. He chairs the psych department and has a fondness for heroin. Not only as a subject of scholarly pursuit, but also as a substance for personal use. At age 54, the married father of three has snorted small amounts of heroin for as many as 10 days in a row and enjoyed it mightily. Even if, as he recalls in his new book, Drug Use for Grownups Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear, he's experienced mild withdrawal symptoms 12 to 16 hours after the last dose. But as Hart sees it, the discomfort is a worthwhile trade-off. He says, quote, "There aren't many things in life that I enjoy more than a few lines by the fireplace." At the end of the day, he writes, pointing out that the experience leaves him refreshed and prepared to
0: face another day. Kids, don't try this at home. Yeah, this sounds like a really bad idea. So, um, what I would say to that is, is that addiction isn't linear. Like maybe mm-hmm. he thinks it is, and maybe he's you know maybe he's the one in a million who can pull all of this off, but. If you continue to do a drug the addiction continues to build up and the amount of pleasure you get from a given drug that you mm. take recreationally is going to diminish. All you have to do is look at alcohol for instance. I mean, you know, mm. the first time you drank you 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 got drunk pretty quick
1: and it was probably a better experience than it is say today. Mm-hmm. 22 years in AA has has told me a different story about that which is a normal person can drink alcohol can even drink alcohol to excess every day of their life and they will not become an alcoholic mm-hmm. AA and is wrong that, on that i think that is absolutely the truth but what well, happens is the people who actually do especially heroin are screened Okay, and when I say they're screened is if you tell people all their lives, if you do heroin, your life will be a living hell. The only people who are going going to start doing heroin is the people whose lives are already a living hell. Okay, and so this is what they found with Rat Park. Uh, they put rats into a natural social situation where they were connecting with other rats and what uh, and they offered them as much heroin or cocaine as they wanted and While the isolated rats that in from a previous study had all overdosed and died, none of the rats in Rat Park. Used to excess, none of them overdosed, none of them died. So that
0: doesn't prove the point that um, you know that some people have an addictive personality and some people don't have an addictive personality. And I think that it's it's this is really insightful. They have not found the addictive gene. In fact, they haven't found any combination of genes that come up to quote-unquote, you're an addict. There's no way Mm -hmm. to determine prior to somebody using a substance and becoming addicted to that substance that Mm -hmm. that person is going to be an addict or not be an addict. Don't they say that it runs in the family?
2: Don't they say alcoholism runs in the family? Well, it
0: does run in the family, but so does not being happy. Behavior that runs in families. Behavior runs in families, too. It is true that some people are more and Mm. less likely to be happy uh, just physiologically, like they have a threshold Mm. of happiness. And However,
1: therefore... Well,
0: no, 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 no let, me, let me finish my statement. Okay. So alcohol is somehow singled out as a drug that is somehow different than, say, heroin. And I'm glad you used it as an example. It's not any
1: different. No, I, it is Alcoholism is, is just alcohol addiction. Right,
0: It's right, ex- excellent. So we agree on that part. And I, but, I said but, that redu- res- repeatedly in AA, too. But AA won't say that. They'll say that alcohol is an al- alcoholism is an allergy to alcohol that only develops after prolonged exposure. They they don't say that, actually. Well, that's what they the big say, book says.
1: As a matter of fact, well, they do describe it, it as a bodily allergy combined with a mental obsession, and when they say bodily allergy, they mean that alcoholics don't react the same way to alcohol as normal people do, frequently from the first time they drink, and most of the people in AA felt that they were an alcohol they were alcoholics before they ever took a drink because but what they what they based that on was a feeling of not belonging a feeling of disconnection from the society in which they lived Mm -hmm. and that's a very general case and that's why you're not going to find in my humble opinion a single genetic cause of alcoholism any more than you will find a single genetic cause of unhappiness Mm. also the vietnam war and the number of people who spontaneously went into spontaneous remission from their heroin addictions when they returned to the united states with no treatment says that in a lot of cases it was situational well it
0: it absolutely is and what happens is is that people do a cost benefit analysis in their minds and whatever the drug is whether it's alcohol or heroin or whatever they're determining constantly is this better for me in my life or is it worse for me in my life and if the uh, if the if the worst piles up high enough then they'll stop doing it no matter what the drug is alcohol i say well, is more insidious and more destructive though.
1: because if you can't bear to be present in your life that's when you behave like an addict
2: we got more coming up here. And uh, Carl Hart, again, a doctor, a professor, he's admitting that he uses heroin on a recreational basis. And you can share your thoughts with us. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, it is Free
2: Talk Live. And the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you to Craig the Free Stater. He is a Free Talk Live Silver Amplifier. And that means that he's contributing 5 bucks a month to the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It is a way for you to help us get free talk live on more radio stations, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And Craig says he's a free stater, which I suspect means he has either moved or will be moving soon to New Hampshire because Craig gets what you said earlier, nobody, and that is if you want to be in the best possible position in future difficulties... Mm-hmm. Potential depression thing like things like that Blue. Uh, you should be in a place where people who agree with you are in larger number. And that, if you are a libertarian, Mm -hmm. if you're an anarchist, if you're a voluntarist, if you're a liberty-loving person, is New Hampshire. There's no better community anywhere on the planet. So check that out. And thanks to Craig, the Free Stater, for being a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can do it with uh, PayPal. You can do it with your credit card, debit card, or Bitcoin BTC. Let's go to Tom in New Uh, Hampshire, and then we'll keep going on the the drugs. uh, Just on the
1: Free State Project thing, i got to say, I may not technically be free, But being surrounded by people that I think that think I should be free makes it a lot more bearable.
2: It sure does. It it definitely (laughs) helps. Let's go to Tom. He's in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead.
6: Good evening. It's uh, first of all to discuss... Drug abuse, remember that uh, you've got all these gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests running around intimidating people into paying school taxes to pay for government-run indoctrination centers that have no incentive to uh, put a stop to drug abuse or the peer pressure that um, motivates you know, more drug abuse. You
3: if have the public public schools... toting
6: goons in bulletproof vests intimidating children into uh, attending uh, the government-run indoctrination centers where they're forced into a class full of obnoxious bullies that pick on them for uh, not wanting to do drugs. And so when you wonder why there's so much drug abuse, of course, it's all the fault of cops. <laughs> and I was called to talk about well, the, I know, think the there's a lot freeze.
1: more to it than that But uh, I'll tell you this, the best thing the public schools could do to end drug abuse is shut down
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely now, <laughs> let me go on about yeah. the deep
6: freeze in Texas of course uh, the problem is that when the power companies didn't have enough electricity to keep everybody warm uh, and see they didn't have any competition because the government prevents them from having competition, and if you and I just had decided, well, we're going to just set up a competing electric company, the Public Utility Commission wouldn't do anything the, about it. They would it's crack the down. It's the cops that would have shut us
2: down
0: just oh like, but
1: they're you know. deregulated
0: well
2: I
1: yeah well, that's I, what they claim <laughs> right so
0: um there's texas is a funny case in so much as um you know like the it's it's almost a monopoly production situation they have mm-hmm. the the cartel that can that produces the power but there's delivery and then the people that, owns the lo- that own the lines and these sorts of things so they have decentralized who can send you your bill mm-hmm. but and they've done that in new hampshire too to some extent but currently, you can't buy, say, a thorium salt reactor and right. uh, a meltdown-proof reactor and provide your own electricity to your neighborhood, which would be awesome, and that would be true decentralization in power. Tom,
1: what thanks if for you the have call. a religious duty to run a thorium salt it's reactor? Is there that. a First Amendment exception? What's it I'd like to, to think so.
2: What's it take to get one of those imported? I mean, how do you get one of those things? In the do first you want me place? to look in, into it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a pretty cool idea. If you uh, get
1: a visit from the FBI, the, the, we won't.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> so you guys were talking
1: about uh, drug there's addiction. There's nothing,
3: by the
0: way, um, there's, there's nothing visible. There's no visible material produced by a thorium salt reactor. Yeah, it can't, there's it no can't meltdown. Down. Yeah, down. None of those things. I just want to make that clear. It's a funny oh, joke, groovy.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, that's what thorium is different about compared to uranium. Right. The, the How big govern- is
1: one of these things? Is it like as big as a bread box, as big as a school? It's uh, as big as a... Um, as Big as all outdoors? No, it's
0: it's Um, it's the size of a large (laughs) closet. Okay, a large closet outdoors. So, right,
1: the space surrounding Tom Cruise. (laughs) tom cruise come out of the closet okay anybody watch south park (laughs) carl
2: hart the uh, doctor the professor he's been doing a lot of studies on drug addiction over time and according to the new york post he also is now admitting in his new book drug use for grown-ups chasing liberty in the land of fear which interesting title uh, he says that he's been studying the effects of psychoactive drugs on humans and finds his use of the narcotic to be, quote, as rational as my alcohol use. Like vacation, sex, and the arts, mm-hmm. heroin is one of the tools that I use to maintain my work-life balance.
0: Well, I'd say it's as rational as his alcohol use, yes. And
1: alcohol use isn't rational. What's it do for you? Um, Relaxation, slight reduction in the chances of heart attack, Nope. um in moderation
0: maybe maybe relaxation if you're uh you know if, if you use it for a period of time but as far mm-hmm. as a reduction of uh, heart attack no you it's take-
1: easier to get laid i can tell you that by experience it's much easier to get laid if the, you're drinking
0: i think there might be an argument if they're drinking that's for sure mm-hmm. and then you well, can toler- if they're
1: drinking it helps too and then, but, and then you can tolerate you know, the crap they're talking about but 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 if they're drunk and you're not then that's not fair that's just Un- uneven odds you should be <laughs> equally drunk
2: the reason for his coming clean about doing opiates and the like is to advocate for decriminalizing possession of recreational drugs which by the way is what they just did uh in the 2020 election in oregon yay the book makes the case that quote the demonization of drug use not drugs themselves has been a tremendous scourge on america not least in reinforcing this country's enduring structural racism he says he cannot be reached well, for comment on the story i'd agree
0: with that statement mm-hmm. is is that the Drug war is bad and that you can't discuss uh, racism without discussing uh, the drug war. But man, there's a lot of people who aren't ready
1: for this conversation. Well, that's okay. They don't have to be ready. The people who are ready to have the conversation need to have the conversation. Absolutely. And hearing that conversation second and third hand will help move those who aren't ready into the the right part of the Oberton window.
2: When the student is ready, the master appears. You never want to hold off on having a conversation because you're worried about what some people might think. Ah, uh, this is one that's been overdue, honestly, yeah, uh, so i'm I'm glad he wrote this book without having read it. I mean, it just sounds great from the title. I'm uh, glad he's black <laughs> he he is ah uh, for instance, he told the uh, site insider dot com that quote, if you're going to use opioids, don't use alcohol as a background. The combination oh, boom you' the, com- the combination increases the likelihood of respiratory depression, and death. Unquote. It's not just heroin that keeps heart centered. He claims the professor is also a fan of the effects brought on by MDMA, uh, better known by their street drug names, Molly or Ecstasy, and methamphetamine, a drug that has caused the most overdose deaths in nearly half the U.S.,
1: according to the CDC. And also a drug that's taken under another name by your 10-year-old who takes Ritalin.
2: In describing MDMA, he recalled, quote, intense feelings of pleasure, gratitude, and energy. He said, quote, when I'm rolling, I just want to breathe deeply and enjoy it. The simple act of breathing can be extremely
1: pleasurable. I find rolling, I love rolling with a friend. I find rolling when, when I don't have somebody to cuddle with, I don't enjoy it. He even found pleasure in snorting a version of so-called bath
2: salts, a synthetic cathinone that has been linked to disturbing behavior from barking to breaking into homes. Hart's assessment, quote, unequivocally wonderful. It causes lycanthropy. (laughs) In his book, he recounts the effects as being, quote, euphoric, energetic, clear headed, and highly social. Nice, he says. Now, let's be clear bath salts are all over the place as far as their chemical combinations. Yes. Just, you know, he might have done one bath salt that he thought was absolutely fantastic. And if you try mm-hmm. bath salts, it might be absolutely terrifying. It might kill you.
1: Uh, if it's cowgon, it will almost certainly kill you. If it's what? Cowgon, it'll take that? you away. Take you away oh uh, that's it? actual bath salts
2: oh i see what you're saying um, okay. but i wasn't familiar with the brand
1: yeah i've i've you've never heard the calgon take me away commercial he's 10 years younger than we are yeah. nobody oh wow so nice in fact he writes about nobody should to be take, that young
2: take the drug ahead of some awful required social event such as an academic reception <laughs>
0: A rep for Columbia. Has not
3: <laughs> <laughs> has
2: not
0: re- the students paid a lot of money to get that reception. Has not
2: returned the post request for the comment on Hart's illegal drug use. Uh, while recreational drug enthusiasts may salute Hart, the medical and addiction community may find the professor's utopian approach less than ideal, according to the CDC. In 2018, nearly 15,000 people died from drug overdoses involving heroin in the United States. They, you know what they actually? Won't that's
1: here. a damn lie. Most, nearly all of those people uh, were on um, God, what's the, or whatever. No, no. What's the name of the of the drug? It's, It's Fentanyl, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. It's about a thousand times more concentrated than heroin, which makes it much easier to smuggle, which is why it's so cheap. Well, what about the 100,000 people that died
2: from improperly prescribed prescription medications? That's what I was going to say. Oh, they're yeah. not
0: going to mention how many people died of taking, well, when you say impo- improperly uh, prescribed uh medications ian i mean in many cases people die from taking it the way that it's prescribed mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that too
1: and if we're going to consider things on the same level that they consider guns we should also count all of the suicides which are a lot yep, well, we'll continue here. are going to c- kill themselves
2: uh there's more on the way and you can share your thoughts carl hart a professor doctor he's done a lot of studies on drug use in other people he's now admitting his own personal uh preferences there's more coming up here this is free talk live Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds. And tell them any AnyPay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now. Or even better, leave a review in the App Store. They really pay attention there. Thanks.
4: Free talk live. It's Free Talk Live,
2: and open phones as always, should you wish to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about drug use as an adult. Dr. Carl Hart has written a book called Drug Use for Grownups, and the subtitle is Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. And boy, is it more of a land of fear than it has ever been. This whole COVID crackdown has really revealed how truly frightened uh, the average American is and how easily frightened uh, that they are and how obedient they are. We were just watching what is a funny video during uh, the break. It was, uh, uh, let's see. That's, it was, was on a, TikTok. It was a TikToker. I have to give the guy credit here because it and was— And what he was
0: doing is, is he's standing out in front of a store, and it looked like it in a major city, and he's yeah. got a lint roller. Now he's got a mask on, and, and he's, he's got- just wearing a hoodie and a hat. Yeah, and you know he doesn't a- have like a
2: construction uniform or a clipboard He's got
0: or he, no no attire that suggests that he's in charge. Right, and he uh, just tells people to put their arms straight out, yep. uh, uh, you know, straight out from their sides, and uh, then he rolls the lint roller across them <laughs> before <laughs> they go into the store, and then they go, go into the store afterwards. Okay,
1: and even after he does it, people don't seem. They're they're not like wait a minute why did you do that? They just want to I, get in the store. I think the the major thing
0: is is that uh, America has just turned a corner where they where they will put up with anything in order to get along with their lives. T-
2: his uh, TikTok is at t tyro t t a i r o and the number one that is uh, where you can find this guy. Uh, so it's just you know the obedience the fear it's just unprecedented and uh, that's so well
0: you that means that the obedience and fear has been here all along. It has. It it's, has. It but means now that it's that's on the display. kind of creature we are.
1: Now it's on display. Uh, well, it's certainly there's more obedience and fear going on now than there were during the American Revolution. It seems mm-hmm. like uh, the individual kind of reached its its zenith at about the point of the revolution and and has been going well, there were downhill of, since then. I mean, there were
2: a lot of
0: obedient government people
1: back then, right? Like, there were people who agreed with the British. They would have done
2: everything they were told by the British at the time. I mean, the revolutionaries were only a small well, per- percentage, I think they? that,
0: but, but also, I mean, doing whatever the, the American government, the, the interim American government wanted just – I mean, it demonstrated that going along didn't result in any more in many much more freedom either. I mean, were um, people above the 49th well, parallel? Well,
1: did in that they point they passed through a point of freedom when they didn't have to establish another government. They did establish another government. I don't and think it was that's important, un- it was, and no- it's too bad that George Washington and and the other. Framers of, and basically, it's too bad that the framers of the Constitution weren't shot as traitors to a revolution if it was considered to be a revolution for freedom then that then they became traitors, well, and was, they put an end to that freedom. It was a revolution for independence, and
0: freedom is a term that we have used interchangeably in the United States for independence, and presumably independence from mm-hmm. Great Britain, um, and obviously it's not the same well, thing at this the point. The right
1: to secede is sufficient, okay? If I have the right to secede from the society, great. I exercise that right. Me too. Leave me the hell alone.
2: Yep. If that's you're not a libertarian,
1: signed. I don't okay. want to hear from you. That's why not we piss we, off.
2: That's <laughs> why we signed the Shire Society declaration. That is our declaration yes. of secession. From and where is that? Society. So what
1: We'd need to make a blockchain out of the Shire Society declaration. I think that would be a beautiful thing. Shiresociety.com
2: is where you can go to check that out. You'll have to explain some other time how that would work. Um, let me go back to the, or to to a different story about the same guy, Carl Hart. So you had the the exclamatory, oh, shocking story from the New York Post about he's doing heroin. And now here's a more you know, rational discussion from, of all places, Vox.com, which is in many ways not rational in plenty of their, uh, the mm-hmm. stories that they publish. But this one, Sean Illing writes, it's not often that I read a book and find myself Sean torn, torn over its thesis, but that's what happened when I picked up Carl Hart's Drug Use for Grown Ups. He's a neuroscientist and professor of psychology at Columbia University, and for roughly two decades, he's studied the behavioral and neuropharmacological neuro-pharmacolo- effects of drugs on human
0: subjects. Before you go any further, is Columbia a Ivy League school or not, Ian?
1: I really don't care. I don't know or care. Okay.
0: But his work, and this book in
2: particular, pushes the boundaries, both within his field of research and within the public discourse more generally. Part of Hart's argument is uncontroversial. America's drug regime is a failure. The drug war has done almost nothing to curb drug use and has instead subsidized a sprawling prison industrial complex and has helped militarize police departments across the country. And we don't disagree with any of that here.
1: Yeah, Uh, liberals are usually pretty good on on this sort of thing.
2: Well, maybe the average liberal, but not the politicians. I mean, Joe Biden was one of the king drug warriors. Well, Joe Biden's
1: a neocon. Okay,
2: well, people think he's a Democrat, and he acts like a Democrat. Well, he is a
1: Democrat, Uh, but the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are both neocons.
2: This is now so obvious that it's practically become bipartisan conventional wisdom. But Hart goes further than this. He believes our entire way of talking about drugs and addiction is not just wrong, it's actively blocking the way to a society that lives up to its ideals of liberty and the pursuit of happiness all drugs, he argues, should be fully legalized. And instead of punishing or shaming people for drug use, we should focus on helping them use drugs as wisely as possible. And that's the harm reduction
0: approach Mm -hmm. that we've talked about for decades. Well, I'm not sure harm reduction is really trying to help people use drugs wisely. That's absolutely what it is.
1: It certainly is. It's much easier than teaching people to be completely abstinent from them. You can achieve 80% of the benefit in most cases by doing 20% of the work.
2: Yeah, harm reduction is all All about reducing the harm to the user, accepting the idea that people are going to use drugs and giving them the information that they need that for so many years in the war on drugs was completely unavailable, especially before the information, you know, superhighway, the internet. Uh, that uh, giving them the information they need to use drugs as safely as they possibly can, and giving them the way to get help if they do want to stop.
0: Uh, using I like them. the idea that harm. I, I like the the terminology harm reduction allow uh, that that term harm reduction first. Okay. Uh, and I like the idea that well, best I can tell, people are going to do drugs, mm-hmm. so let's uh, help them do as little harm as possible to themselves Even, and others. Yeah. Even harm to-
1: reduction is, is a loaded term, though, okay? I would say utility maximization should be the goal because we shouldn't stop, you know, we shouldn't stop using drugs in better ways In at, at the point where the return is zero we should stop at the point where the return is whatever its natural maximum is.
2: As you can imagine, Hart's research has its share of critics. Even as mainstream attention to his work has grown, he makes some categorical claims that threaten years of consensus, offers data points that critics say are based on selective misreadings of the scientific evidence, and is fairly unsparing in his criticism of those who disagree with him. He occupies a unique position in the discourse on drugs. He's an academic with an activist's zeal for his cause. Mm. And I thought a conversation with him about responsible drug use and the points of tension in his research would be illuminating. I should say up front that my life has been improved by the use of drugs, as again the author at Vox.com, but I would agree with him on this, particularly psychedelics. And I believe the people that people should be able to experiment with their own consciousness however they want, as long as they're not harming other people. But when we're thinking about drugs at the societal level, things get more complicated. All of which is to say this is a difficult conversation. Some, not all of my reservations about Hart's thesis faded the more we spoke. And while I still don't buy his claim that it's misleading to argue that a drug like LSD is less addictive than say heroin he still has some worthwhile insights into drugs and their role in human
1: life yes i would say heroin is more addictive than lsd i would say it's a trick question uh, and the the reason um the reason i say that is because it's not the substance that causes the addiction it's the person
0: yeah and i think
2: he'll get into that here uh, but there
0: but i mean like you wouldn't say that with tobacco would you um I don't know i will I will go ahead and say tobacco is most assuredly the most addictive substance that we know at this time, and uh-huh. that heroin is probably not that far behind it. I don't think it was I don't know if it was on that chart the doctor uh, the other doctor Dr.
2: Professor uh, Nut from uh, the u k who came up with the addictiveness chart.' We'll have to pull that up and see what he found Smoke out. Smoke for a tobacco. year and then try to stop. All right. We got uh, time for you if you want to join us here. 603-283-6160. And then we'll get some questions for Carl Hart about what he's advocating in his new book, uh, which again is called Drug Use for Grown Ups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear by Dr. Carl L. Hart. We got that on the way. Your calls welcome. 603-283-6160. And you can bring up what you want here on Free Talk Live. Okay. free talk live you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 want to make sure you know about AnyPay. It's your way to accept cryptocurrency at the point of sale. And that now includes online. So, AnyPay started by being a physical retail establishment crypto accepting tool. And it works great for that. We use it all the time here in Keene, New Hampshire at various different businesses uh, around town. They are also now uh using woocommerce so they've got a woocommerce plugin that makes it super Ooh. easy yeah to accept cryptocurrency on your digital point of sale on your woocommerce site which is of course a wordpress plugin uh that i was actually just uh, installing today on one of my wordpress sites and i won't say why that is because i haven't really even gotten started with it yet but i plan on using the AnyPay plugin for this so i'll let you know uh, exactly how easy it is to set up when we get to that You can go to AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com to learn more or just download the AnyPay app from your Google or Apple App Store. Make sure you get the right one, though. So you might want to go and visit Uh, AnyPayInc.com. There's more than one app that's called themselves AnyPay. So check out uh, AnyPayInc.com to learn more as we continue here. Let's go to your calls and thoughts, and we'll get back into Dr. Carl Hart, the author of the new book, Drug use for grown ups chasing liberty in the land of fear. But first up, Joe is in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nobody and Mark.
6: Hey guys, how are you guys doing tonight? Joe, what's
3: on your Life mind? Is um, good.
6: I know you guys have talked about uh freedom cells uh, around the country. Um yeah. so there's a in Virginia where I live, we put together or we're putting together a private club, but we're uh betting individuals that are coming into it, you know, making sure that they are Liberty oriented, so I, I just wanted to get your input on how is the best way
4: to vet people.
3: I was going to ask make you. Sure they're not...
6: <laughs> um, <laughs> no,
7: the... I, I think uh, one thing we're going to do is if you're wearing a mask, you're out.
4: <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Um. Well, I mean, I could wear a mask and still have read Rothbard. Yeah.
7: <laughs> uh,
1: to me, the most important vetting is find people who've known a guy for a long time. You know, yeah, yeah. find out, mm-hmm. you know, and that means that basically uh, you're you've got a sponsorship system. The other thing that I would do is record who's sponsoring whom. And when mm-hmm. somebody is outed as a fed, who introduced that person? Mm-hmm. What were they mm-hmm. based on? What's wrong with their judgment or what's wrong with them? But isn't there Maybe a re- they're a fed?
2: But isn't it a good thing to be welcoming and you know bring new people into a community? It is a good thing
1: to be welcoming, but
2: we just don't want infiltrators. What what if you have them sign a form that says they're not a cop or an informant?
1: (laughs) Uh, That that won't be uniquely that won't won't be extremely uh, helpful. Although what I would do and what I do do sometimes is ask people to represent me as their as my attorney. Um, Which if a cop agreed to represent the defendant as his attorney and then gave evidence against them, that calls in all kinds of confusion into the legal system was this guy actually <laughs> representing him it, does he then have a fiduciary duty not to give evidence against him that is um, fascinating Rich, and i'd love it um i'm going to i'm going to field wow. the question all right so um
0: First off, there's, there's a couple of systems. Clubs for a long time have had the sponsorship model that, mm-hmm. of, of which Rich speaks here. And it, uh, nobody, excuse me. Um, Nobody's is,
1: saying that's a good idea.
0: <laughs> I think it is a good idea. <laughs> right. So is nobody. And, <laughs> um, you know, so you've got this sponsorship thing. Somebody brings somebody in and, you know, it's, it's a system. Mm-hmm. It works. It's not the greatest system in the world. Right. The it would be well is,
1: suited to a blockchain.
0: When the... <laughs> Uh, when say the Quakers, uh, for instance, they've been infiltrated by the FBI on a regular basis. For one, it's because it's easy to infiltrate the Quakers. Well, but, they won't kill you either. R- well, they they just won't do anything. Uh, I mean, the most that you're going to find Quakers doing is standing in silent protest. Um, and oftentimes, people don't know what they're right. doing. If in- the FBI wants, and to they come- don't
1: quake when they do it, which is interesting. It's not what you would expect. They, yeah. if they- the FBI wants to come to a Quaker meeting. Okay. Right. And that's the, so you have the sort of two approaches
0: here, which is Ian, don't do anything wrong and you won't have anything to hide. Well, that's not true. That's
2: not my approach at all. Um, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with buying or selling drugs, but they'll still arrest you for it. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with completely consensual acts between yeah. other other people. Sure, so- but
0: you wouldn't do anything in the club that you wouldn't do on the street corner, which is to say, you would not buy and sell drugs inside the club. You would still be. You'd understand that the people inside the club could very well be informants and infiltrators. You have no trust
1: level with them. Um, that's that's. Possible. I mean, generally, what you want is you want an, an an inner church and an outer church. Okay, and the socialists did this very effectively using the labor movement, where they pulled a lot of people into the labor movement. Okay, they let the labor movement be mostly self-financing. Okay, and then they recruited from within the labor mu- movement. Uh, the people who they who were hardcore socialists and the people who could be convinced to become hardcore socialists. This is mm-hmm. more or less what AnCaps have been doing with the Libertarian Party. From so the you're beginning. saying there
2: could be a VIP area and in, exactly
1: in this club. What, who mm-hmm. you bring into your inner circle is different from who you bring into the wider organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how cell based yeah. organizations work. Um, you know, where, and, and the other thing is you don't necessarily have to advertise your affiliations, uh, to everyone. And cell 411 is working on a software approach to this watch, uh, fight club. You'll get some good ideas about uh, how to do this. Joe, uh, the first rule well, about the unorganized militia is you don't talk about the unorganized militia, which, of course, <laughs> <to> us, <laughs> like me, you happen to be running the org- unorganized militia psyops corps. But
3: instead, yeah, I mean,
6: one more thing I want to add and then I'll drop. Um, yeah. So I just think these all this mass business is just a way for uh, the government to prevent people from organizing and developing relationships and whatnot. Mm, and sure. I think it's very important for people, liberty-minded people, to organize and start stepping up to the plate and becoming more involved in this kind of
3: thing, so yeah, just want I to throw that out
6: there.
1: I think a lot of it was so they could Thanks remove so much, Trump you, from Joe. office with a rigged election without sparking a revolution. I think that if the conservatives had been out in the bars drinking beer when that happened, they might have actually grown a pair and done something about it. But because you know, there's a reason that there okay, there's a benefit for alcohol. Most revolutions are formulated in pub um <laughs> most revolutions haven't existed in the last
0: 50 years. I mean, it's becoming less and less viable to have a violent revolution. Um, um look at the, take a look at the Jasmine Revolution from just 10 years ago. What's different oh, in the Middle you, East sweetie. than it was today?
1: Um you, the uh I mean,
0: what's different is I mean, all these people, so many people died and so much, you know, so much was proposed during the Jasmine Revolution. You, you just can't fight the state anymore. I don't know what the Jasmine Revolution is. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the uh, the Muslims the starting spring. in Tunisia and, and going through Egypt and, and Iran and all over. The Arab Spring? The Arab Spring, yes. All right,
2: okay. we, we got more on the way here. 603 if you want to join us on Free Talk Live.
7: Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarist.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, the Mises Institute, or elsewhere, over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I must speak out as for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com.
2: Live. You're invited if you want to join us here. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Mark. Uh, we're gonna continue with more of your calls and your thoughts. Also wanna make sure that you know about freetalklive.com and our new social media site at social.freetalklive.com. That's right, we're competing with Twitter, we're competing with Facebook. Uh, We're giving you an opportunity to get off of these big tech giants or migrate yourself away. If you still haven't been banned uh, from Facebook or Twitter, you still have the chance to invite people to go to your new thing, which this could be your new thing. If you try it out, you might like it, social.freetalklive.com. We had a guy in the uh, Twitch chat room right now asking to see the Lint Roller video, which I've posted to the Free Talk Live profile over there on our social media site and it's easy to find us because you will automatically follow the free talk live profile when you sign up over at social.freetalklive.com if you don't want to follow it you can just unfollow it but we, we give you a few default follows so by default you follow nobody you follow aria you follow mark you follow me and uh, captain Kickass. basically all the the major uh players here
1: oh those that's done automatically yeah. That's right. Oh, okay. Because I got hundreds of follower requests when I <laughs> those aren't
2: requests; those are just followers.
1: They're just following you. You don't have to approve them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I went back and refollowed them all. That's nice. Um, That's always a nice thing. Uh, I'd really, I'd love to add that to the software so you can just say refollow anybody who follows you. Hmm, automatically. There may be actually
2: an option. For that, if you Quite check your possibly. settings. possibly. If check, not, it
1: would be easy to write.
2: Yeah. Check, check your settings on that. Uh, there's a bunch of really useful settings in the, the background there on the, the Mastodon. So check it out over at social.freetalklive.com. We're going back to your calls and thoughts. Chris in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind?
6: Uh, I wanted to ask you guys your take on uh, Donald Trump uh, inciting his supporters to try to overturn the election uh then the riot okay i can stop
1: you right there because i've you've given me enough questions to answer already first thing is when you say try to overturn the election you're assuming that the voters went a particular way what gives what makes you trust the government to report accurate uh, vote totals because (laughs) they lie about everything else and they have the cia in their employ which routinely (laughs) Uh, rigs for an election. So what makes you think our elections are not rigged every single time?
6: Well, uh, you're saying rigged, okay? I, I do know that there's been a lot of talk in the past about, um, you know, fake votes where people that are dead, that were being their, their socials, things were being used to go and vote. So they're, they're, if you want to say the word, I guess, fraud, that there was a certain a, a amount of, or extent of that, probably in many elections, including back when JFK ran.
1: And uh, that's not the only rigging. I mean, Facebook and Twitter donated trillions of dollars worth of free advertising to the Democratic Party, basically, with no campaign finance report being made. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they not only... They silenced dissenting voices systematically, intentionally, and with absolute disregard for the truth. So that true stories like Joe Biden's scumbag son and his laptop got completely suppressed by the technocrats. So I would say that Donald Trump won that election on that basis alone. Joe. Biden should step down for having accepted without a peep of protest billions of dollars of illegal campaign contributions.
0: I would say the wor- the best thing about the election is that Donald Trump lost, and that the worst thing about it was that Joe Biden won. Um, these, uh, I, I, I w- While I w- would agree that it is like there certainly was some fraud involved. Absolutely. <clears throat> the question would be um, if, if we can point
1: to it, and we'll never solve well, that. The first fraud is that only the Democratic and Republican parties are permitted to exist, and that was a big enough fraud for the uh, League of Women Voters to say that the system has become a sham mm. and step back from hosting debates, which was a position of great prestige for them. So why did they do that? And why don't we believe them that the system is a sham as long as only the Democratic and Republican parties are just on that basis alone? Every American revolution or every American vote is invalid and should be it should be contested by force.
2: I think the government's invalid. Thank you Chris, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's continue here. Dave in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live.
8: Yeah, a couple more questions on freedom, but the one comment on that topic is to me that the well, – let me start. Five years ago on Levin, Levin's program, so that I was saying it to a large audience, I, I cited the Declaration Thanks. of Independence, and I publicly withdrew my consent, which means nothing unless millions and millions of other people do the same thing. And then you might be getting somewhere in that election uh, – I'll vote, but I don't believe the elections are any longer accurate, including that one – and that makes it null and void as far as I'm concerned. My question's on freedom. Continuing forward, um, I have a specific uh, numbers, a mathematical question, I guess, which would probably fall to Mark. And then if Ian wants to throw in uh, a couple more of his favorites from the 101, uh, well, you can tell him what, the, tell him what that is, uh, Ian, but let me ask the specific mathematical question. Um, in, let's use the scenario of since you moved from Florida to New Hampshire, but you can substitute anything you want, Um, with with, uh, uh, basically exact numbers, and you can use it for a a sample uh, move. It doesn't have to be your numbers. It can be anybody's numbers that's moving from, Wherever to wherever, what numbers are they running away from? Like what per tax rate? How much uh, dollars in property tax? How much that wasn't cost it? For
2: uh, actually, to answer the question, uh, that, that it was it didn't have to do with numbers of taxes for me. Actually, my taxes went up uh, as far as property taxes by I would say four x at least moving from Florida to New Hampshire. No, but Those you sales didn't tax. have to
1: pay a sales tax, so that makes yeah. A big but difference.
2: I don't think I was buying that much stuff down in Florida, brand new anyway, so it really didn't i don't think i don't think it even came close i think i pay, i probably pay more in taxes uh here but for me it was the prospect of having a chance at more freedom mm-hmm. because i was combining my efforts with other human beings it didn't have
1: to do yeah. with numbers it had to do with people for me it was about the human beings yeah. for me i was running from the fact that my parents had to stop having dinner parties you know because i would argue with their friends incessantly <laughs> um you know and here I can believe what I believe. The hardest thing for me to adjust to in moving to New Hampshire was suddenly being a moderate. <laughs>
0: the, um, <laughs> what I would say is is that um, don't mistake the reasons that I moved to New Hampshire. When I moved to New Hampshire, the reason I moved to New Hampshire was because Ian and Free Talk and thus Free Talk Live moved to New Hampshire. Now, it's not that I was against it. I think it was a... F- uh, an exciting adventure and uh, by the way it made my life significantly better and New Hampshire's a great place to live however um you know it and it's is just also just getting
2: better as more people
0: move it's caused here. me to be obsessive yep. about the topic of uh sort of li- living freedom living so- a particular place that has more freedom and these sorts of things and i have come to the conclusion that New Hampshire is by no means the freest place in the United States and is not even getting more free uh, necessarily so well
2: according to the uh not the Fraser Institute but i believe it was uh, uh, no, it was Fraser Institute. They did the uh, freedom economic freedom of North America, and New Hampshire is the number one most free place in all of North America. Thank you for the call, David. I definitely
0: appreciate it. But if it's not do... the freest place in the United States. The United States extends to territories in Saipan, uh, the U.S. Marianas. Is uh, mm. in, in my opinion, the, the Fraser Institute and no other organizations
1: take on these yeah, U.S. Sadly, territories. They don't There's those. a lot of regime risk, though. Like what? There. Like. A very small political system is easy for somebody to take a hold of. Yeah, but they, um, all, all the, the, I, I think you have to go check it out before more you see a few you... thousand people in there and you can start a new industry there and take over the island. That's
2: the whole idea, isn't yeah, it? Great... Behind the, you know, the free state project is to move enough people in to kind
1: of overtake things in the political system.
0: Oh, yeah. I thought it was to make them yeah. argue amongst themselves and then like disparage people
1: moving them where it's already the live free or die state. That's yeah, just no a doubt. name
2: on a But it was to make that go further and, uh, and have more freedom than they already have here. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. Open phones here. 603-283-6160. If you want to join us in the studio tonight,
1: it's Ian a normal person who must contend from time to time with the urge to spit out his hands, run up the pirate flag, and commence cutting throats. We thank you for not doing that. <laughs> Let's not do it now. At least not in the studio. And Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that fork f- would be messy.
2: Forkfest 2021. Bring your pirate flag to that event because it's going to be a lot of fun. June 28th through July 4th. Uh, It is a decentralized libertarian camping festival, and that means there's no one in charge of that festival. There's no ticket prices because there are no tickets. And you can just go and attend, and you can uh, rent an RV site from Rogers Campground if you got one of those, or get just a normal campsite or even a motel room. But I'll tell you what, you might want to do it sooner rather than later. When I called Rogers Campground two weeks ago to confirm our campsite, our RV site, for Free Talk Live, the one we had last year at the top of the hill was not available. Sold. Yeah. Ooh. So, why didn't you uh, do that
0: ahead of time? Why didn't you do that? I right did do it ahead of time. Left? I did it for
2: four months ahead of time. Well, why I don't do you think, do it more months ahead? Well, I don't think I don't know if you can. Can you do that? Yeah. That you, can, that you can. Well, the thing is, we don't before. really
1: know what week it's going to be. If that's we fixed true. the week true. permanently, then I would say let's just rent campsites there for the next 10 years in advance. I don't advance. know if the
2: software lets you do that, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, check out forkfest.party and mark your calendar June 28th through July 4th. There's a lot more to learn. forkfest.party. It's uh, it's going to be a good one.
1: So, you know, I think the I think the the point there does stand though. There, in, inside the nonsense there was a there is I think a good point which is let's fix the dates of PorkFest permanently. You mean the uh, forkfest? Fork, Permanently. Well, I mean, because we can do that by tradition. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, this will be the second year that it's come after the Porcupine yeah. Freedom Festival, the I week think, of the uh, the 4th of July.
1: I think the perfect Day. definition is the week ending the 4th of July, because mm-hmm. you cannot, if it's always the seven days that precede the 4th of July, it's fixed dates that you cannot forget mm-hmm. if you're an 4th American. 4th of July but doesn't
0: f- end on, uh, so you're saying the, if 4th of July ends at a Tuesday, it starts on a Wednesday? Basically,
1: it, the festival then would always climax July 4th. And to hell, it's the day. day
2: of the week. Which is not always the day they have the fireworks.
1: Oh, that complicates it things. It does complicate things. I wonder things. if we could convince them to fix the date of the fireworks. I don't know. They've been doing it for 42 or 43 uh, but years. But what is the traditional day of doing
0: it? The weekend of the week that contains Independence Day? I don't know
2: if it's like a firm thing. You'd have to talk to the owner of the park and see what he said Ooh. about that. So uh, check it out, Party. I want to get into some of the interview here with Dr. Carl Hart. This is the uh, the, pr- the professor and doctor who's been studying drugs for a long time and drug addiction. Uh, Sean Illing over at Vox.com did an interview with him after his new book just came out, Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. I just want to read some of these questions here to you and the answers from Dr. Carl Hart. So Sean uh, Illing writes, you wrote this book for lots of reasons, but one of them is you're very unhappy with the way we talk about drugs and addiction in this country. What would you say is your biggest complaint on this front? And Carl Hart responds, saying the way you ask the question captures the problem. Drugs and addiction have nothing to do with each other. But we always marry them. That's probably my biggest gripe. My question is always, when are we allowed to grow up in this country? You and I both served our country in the military. We both did our part, he says. I contribute to my community. I don't want anyone telling me what to do as long as I'm not hurting anyone else. I wrote this book because I want people to think harder about their own liberty and what it really means to be an American. We talk a lot about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but do we really know what it means? And I'm writing about liberty and drugs. I like
1: this guy.
2: I know, uh, because it's the thing about which I know the most. If I was an expert in some other area or issue, I'd interrogate that as an issue of liberty. So the interviewer asks, separating drugs from addiction is a complicated concept, and I'm not sure I quite understand it, but I'll come back to that. When you started researching drugs, you were very much on the other side of this debate, which is to say you bought all the anti-drug propaganda from the 80s and 90s. So how did your work transform your views? Carl Hart responds, saying, like you said, I was down with the whole just say no thing. I thought drugs were the cause of all of these problems in my community and other communities. But over time, I noticed discrepancies. We had one of the highest unemployment rates in 1982, for example, and people were blaming crack. Yet crack didn't show up on the scene until 85 or 86, so the numbers
1: didn't fit. And in the research I was doing, and how does crack cause unemployment? It was it makes you work three jobs, man. <laughs> well, I point. mean, the, the idea would be that uh,
0: people are so addicted to crack that they're not working, but that's not true. But, but there was that—that that is absolutely true. During the 1980s, there was so much disinformation surrounding. Specifically, crack, but uh, well, that's not board. true.
2: I, I know a guy who uh, ran a construction crew in Florida, and he told me the crackheads were the ones that showed up at six a.m. every day to go to work. It was the alcoholics that were constantly calling in. Oh, yeah, right. Well, I'm saying that if there's, you
1: want people to really work. Give him a little bit of crack during the day. Don't keep going. Don't keep going. I'm Don't not arguing that point. Give them that Bolivian okay. l- merchant powder. They'll just sorry, keep working, They're working, that that working. True. Go ahead. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that um,
0: that there is there was so much disinformation in the '80s that people thought that crack was the uh, this evil mm-hmm. that uh, did so many things. That you know, in fact, what it was was used to disguise. Wait for it. Real racism. Actual racism. And in the research I
2: was doing, I began to realize the stories I was told about drugs just didn't make sense. It didn't fit the data. For example, we bring people into the lab and we give them the very drugs that we have vilified. And we give them thousands of doses every year. And you don't see any of these negative effects that we see reported in the media, that we see in documentary films or in popular culture. Even the rationales I often saw in the world of science didn't square with the actual evidence we were gathering in the lab. There was just a ton of dissonance between what I'd always heard and what I was seeing with my own eyes. The reality is that the predominant effects of drugs on the subjects we studied were positive. And the reality is that the overwhelming majority of people who use drugs do not get addicted. This is true whether we're talking about heroin or cocaine or marijuana or you name it. So there were all these inconsistencies and eventually I had to look at the information in front of me
1: and reevaluate my own beliefs. And the thing that obscures this... By screening the the people who use heroin, it makes it look like uh, the, heroin causes their lives to be all messed up. Because when, you don't find the ones that are productive. Exactly. Yeah, the ones that are productive would be terrified to take a dose of, of heroin because they don't. Um, th- it makes taking heroin a suicidal gesture. So it limits it limits the people that you're dealing with the same way that, you know, only a certain number of the people will commit suicide in general. Yeah, so um, I would I would agree with that. Is is that we, you know, the
0: the people who are going to be successful are going to do do the things that they have been told are successful things, and doing heroin is definitely not in that list. Generally, is it possible to do heroin and be successful? Sure. Yes. But now you're talking about a slim, little, thin. Well, that's sliver. the thing.
2: You don't know who those people are because they're successful. They don't check into a drug clinic because they're not addicted. That's I know the point a lot of Carl successful Part people, and none
0: of them are doing heroin. Would they tell you? I know you? a lot of heroin. Would they tell and none you? None of them are successful. Would they yes, tell they you? Yes, they would. Really? I am. I a okay. really? I'm an iconoclast. Are you doing heroin, Ian? Okay, tell me this your business
1: because heroin is basically the same thing as Percocet. How many people do you know pop a purpose Percocet once every while, every now and again? Because they're doing heroin. Is, yeah. They're just doing a small amount of it. Is is a wine cooler the same thing as bathtub gin? Uh is it the same chemical? Yes.
0: Well, I mean, yes, different? yes, yes, there's ethyl alcohol in it, but there's a difference between consuming taking a Percocet and taking heroin that you bought off the street. No, Which really one a, would you say is. is
1: higher quality in terms of purity, in terms of being exactly what it advertises? I'd say the Percocet. Well, then that wouldn't be the most addictive, right? If it's the best drugs. Well, what do you mean? What, well, it seems to me. Is like, Percocet addictive? Absolutely. Okay. But is it heroin?
0: No. It it's is basically heroin. heroin. It yeah. is a small an dose
1: of PO. Uh it is an opiate. It's a synthetic yes. opiate. Agreed. That's what heroin is. It's the same high. Yeah. It's yes. the okay, so same thing. So I'll get you some Percocet yep. after the show. I'll show Oxycodone. you what I mean. Okay, so um,
0: lemonade and Coca-Cola both contain sugar. They are not the same drink. Okay, you, you don't get it. So You're absolutely yeah, right, I don't. Somebody who's a productive person, yes. like this
2: Dr. Carl Hart, the reason why it's shocking... That he's admitting that he uses heroin is because people believe that you cannot possibly use heroin in a responsible manner. There was a guy that called this show years ago who said he was a weekend warrior of heroin. And we were all like, I wonder if he's addicted now. Well, you'll have to ask him, but it doesn't seem like Carl Hart is addicted. And again, this is part of the problem that he's trying to address here is that whenever you bring up a certain drug, automatically everybody thinks, oh, you must be a drug addict. So why would some so what? Yes, you're, you're evidencing it here in what you're saying. Why would somebody who you know who's a productive person who uses heroin on a recreational basis admit to you or admit to anyone that they use it? Because they'll jump to a conclusion
0: about them. That should normalize the behavior. I would they're protect not somebody's identity. To do that. I would protect somebody's identity. Maybe you would, if They told but, me, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't think things about them. That
2: doesn't mean that they, you wouldn't think that they're an addict of heroin, like you just suggested. The guy that was using it responsibly, you said, well, how do you know he's not addicted? Now, that's because I think, think
0: heroin is pretty darn addictive. That's right, and that's, that's, that's why
2: the people problem not say the it. Thinking. That's why people want to say it. Doctor, not addictive. He is. We'll talk more about Doctor Carl Hart tomorrow night because I think this is an important conversation, and we'll see you then. And online in the meantime, freetalklive.com.
4: Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island, Jonathan wandered up to the gate of a magnificent carnival. The sign overhead declared, Capital Carnival, the pavilion of special interests. Just then, a man bumped into Jonathan. Excuse my bumbling, but I was just so excited about my prize money that I didn't watch where I was going. What was your prize? I walked into the pavilion with ten coins, and I came out a winner. Oh, how many coins do you have now? Well, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five winning coins. That's strange. How can you lose half of your coins and still be a winner? The master magician called me the winner, so I must be better off. You see, I was one of ten people who sat in a circle as the magician collected one coin from each of us. After collecting ten coins altogether, he dropped five coins as a prize in the lap of one winner. The lucky recipient jumped for joy. Then the magician did it again, collecting ten coins and dropping five coins in the lap of another winner. He went around ten times and made all ten of us winners with five coins each. We all walked out very happy. So everyone went into the pavilion with 10 coins and came out a winner with only 5 coins. What is especially important is that we were all winners of other people's money. I'll bet that even the magician is pleased since he won 50 coins. Oh yes, everyone is so happy that the magician is going to ask the Council of Lords to require everyone to play. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to JonathanGullible.com now. JonathanGullible.com
2: Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card size tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org.